Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to the Restaurant Growth Podcast by Seven Shifts. I'm your host, DJ, and on today's episode, we have our friend, Charles Wright, who's the VP of Operations over at Cluster Truck. Part restaurant, part software company, Cluster Truck is a really cool business that Charles and his team have built out in Indianapolis, and it's what they call themselves a vertically integrated kitchen. What does that mean? Charles and I got to chatting about exactly what it means what it's like to staff a business without a front of house, and advice for restaurants who are looking to increase their digital presence and engineer their business model around it. It's a great conversation with a lot of awesome takeaways, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hey, Charles, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, DJ? I'm well, I'm well. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me on. So today on the show, we have Charles Wright. He's the VP of operations for a restaurant called Cluster Truck. Um, And before we get into it, Charles, I'll just uh, kind of ask you, what's your background and how did you get into hospitality? Yeah, well, I have, like a lot of hospitality professionals, been in the industry my my entire career, and I had no ambitions of being in this industry. I actually initially went to college to be an architect, um, but during that time that I was in college, I got a job working for Panera Bread. Uh, that job at Panera Bread lasted eight years. I worked my way up into management. I left Panera Bread to spend some time with Yum Brands on the Taco Bell side, and after that, I went over to Chipotle, where I spent seven years, most recently in field support. So my my entire career has featured restaurants, but it's been a path that I, I did not anticipate and was not expecting. That's quite the trifecta, Panera, Taco Bell, and Chipotle. You have quite the experience with quick service restaurants, and um, I think that probably informs what you're doing at Cluster Truck. So besides an amazing name for a restaurant concept, what is Cluster Truck? Yeah. What is Cluster Truck? Well, you mentioned the name and that's a question we get, you know, so many times. Everyone wants to know how did we come up with this name? Why Cluster Truck? Right. And everyone thinks it's a pun and an innuendo. And of course we, you know, we play on that, but that's not actually what it was. Um, Cluster Truck came to exist because of our CEO, Chris Baggett has a background in technology and tech and CRM specifically. He was a part of a startup here in Indy called Exact Target that was acquired by Salesforce So his initial premise was, could he market a business to food trucks? You know, that didn't work out. He decided to pivot, do something totally different. And so what he landed on was was this model that we own, right? But we have food truck quality food, and we have a lot of virtual trucks on our menu, which led to us having a menu of 80 to 90 different items, all food truck quality food. And when the food trucks get together in a group, they call themselves a cluster truck. That's how we came upon the name itself. But yeah, Cluster Truck, a vertically integrated delivery-only kitchen. We're based here in Indianapolis. I guess I should say delivery-only with a caveat. We do have a couple locations that offer pickup right now, and we are exploring that as an option for the future as well. Awesome. So kind of taking the concept of like a food truck park, but bringing it into one place where you can order from, you know, I can get pizza and my partner can get sushi and, you know, our other friends can get burgers or nachos or something like that. Um, So kind of bringing all of that into one, you don't actually have any trucks, right? It's not like, it's just kind of the concept. There's no, there's no physical locations. Like it's a vertically integrated kitchen. It's kind of sounds to me like a ghost kitchen, but I know that there is a distinction. Yeah. Well, first I'll address the first thing you mentioned. And and I think it's funny to go all the way back to before I worked at Cluster Truck and I was a customer myself. I imagined this as like a gigantic building that had a a lot of food trucks in it, right? That's how I imagined it in my mind. And of course, that's not what it is because we make all these different items on the same make line, right? Which is a huge part of this model, right? We don't have these trucks. It's not segmented. It's not a ghost kitchen. They're all a part of the same production line. 
And the linchpin here is our software. Our software is what allows us to make all those menu items on the same line and do it proficiently. You know, Cluster Truck is a full stack. We have designed all of the software that makes this work the whole way through from the website to the app designed by us, food made by us, couriers contracted by us, customer experience and resolution handled by us. This is a a cluster truck experience start to finish. We compare this to an experience you would have with Amazon, right? A product you Mm. order from Amazon, delivered by Amazon, customer service by Amazon, and even delivered in your neighborhood with a gray van, last mile delivery, right? This is a cluster truck experience we own start to finish all the way through, including the design of all of the software that we use in our kitchens that fires off the different items to the different stations. It's telling the cooks, the modifiers and all the details that they need to make all the items. You know, think of it as we designed our own POS and our own KD. We've even now designed our own software that we use for inventory and food transfers internally inside the kitchens. As a matter of fact, doing this podcast with you is interesting because Seven Shifts is the only piece of software we use in our kitchens on a consistent basis that isn't designed by Cluster Truck. We are honored to have that position within the Cluster Truck uh, ecosystem. Yeah, we we love our relationship with with Seven Shifts. It's it's worked out really well for us because of the open API. We're able to send our sales data from our proprietary app into Seven Shifts. You know, does sales forecasting works pretty seamlessly. That's awesome, and we're happy we're able to uh, to help out in that way. We talk a lot about scheduling and staffing here, but before we get into that, something I'm curious about. A couple episodes ago on the podcast, we had Carl Orsborn and Meredith Sandland, authors of Delivering the Digital Restaurant, and one thing that Meredith had said uh, on the show really spoke to where the industry is going. And she was saying that, you know, digital is not something you can just append onto your restaurants. Oh, now, now we have third-party delivery, um, you know, and you can't expect to succeed that way. You really have to start to rethink your business model around serving a, a digital customer. And how have you guys done that at Cluster Truck? And how do you think that that, you know, separates you from, you know, maybe I'm just ordering from another restaurant or ordering from a ghost kitchen. What makes you guys stand out? Yeah, absolutely. One of our taglines at Cluster Truck is engineered for delivery. And she's absolutely right. You know, this is from the very beginning an experience that we always imagined would be a digital experience. We do have pickup in some locations, but we always qualify that with we're primarily delivery. That's our core business model for sure. Everything from the design of our software to the way our kitchens operates to the driver flow, you know, that's all managed by the app. The demand is managed by our software, even down to our packaging, DJ. I mean, we've put a lot of intention into the packaging we use, the disposable containers we use, how do they fit in the bag? How can we Tetris stack them always so that things don't ever move so that there's no factors that impact how the food is going to arrive at your house, right? So we can consistently deliver hot quality be fresh food at your home. Things haven't shifted in the bag. They're not spilling, you know, even taking your cider ranch, putting it in an extra bag, stapling it shut and putting it in your bag, just so that if your sauce happens to come open, right, your whole order isn't open or isn't ruined. So there's a lot of intentionality that goes into the process the whole way through from the design of the software to the kitchen flow, the driver flow, um, and even our customer experience flow. We have a lot of interactions with our customers. It's about 400 per day at a minimum interactions we're having with customers, you know, and our typical response time is less than five minutes. So if you're having any kind of an issue with your cluster truck order, you're getting a response from one of our customer experience specialists in five minutes. 
And, and for us, because we control the whole process, we can send a courier out with a new order to your home 15 yep. to 20 minutes later, right? And it's not, it's not a struggle. It's not hard. It's not uncomfortable. It's not awkward. Um, you don't have to call the restaurant and negotiate with them on yeah. how you're going to get new food, right? And you can still eat. A refund isn't the only option and it won't take another hour to get you your food. And that's amazing. I get, owning that whole process means you're not relying. You know, sometimes you call, you know, if someone's using a, a third-party delivery and they're like, oh, we don't know who you are. You know, right. I have no idea. The guy just comes and picks up the food, but you guys are really taking that and, and flipping it on its head and, and owning that whole process. Um, you know, making that delivery actually an extension of the restaurant, which, um, you know, I think helps separate you guys from, from using, you know, other apps or other, other restaurants. Um, so my other question here, kind of getting a little bit into staffing. So, you know, you have no servers, you have no food runners, bussers, no one to take care of, no front of house at all. Um, so what is the kind of team makeup for you guys? Yeah. So our, our kitchen complement is a, a complement of managers. You know, we have our salary managers, we have our hourly managers, we have our cooks that are working on the line. We have our prep cooks who are doing the bulk prep in the kitchen, you know, and then we have our expediters. Our expediters are the extension of the kitchen. They're the ones that communicate with the drivers uh, for what it's worth. The drivers are what we consider to be our front of house, right? They are the extension of our kitchens. They're the face of cluster truck. They are the people that see the customers, which for us is interesting because they are contracted, but we have come up with a model that works pretty well for us. That's what the makeup of our kitchen looks like though. A combination of cooks and prep cooks and expediters plus our management team. So cooks, prep cooks, expediters, management, and then your front of house are the drivers. So the drivers are not technically part of the full-time staff and they're contracted out. That's correct. Yep. Our drivers are all 1099 contracted at Cluster Truck. You know, we've explored different models of going yep. a different way. Right now, that works for us. Um, you know, we don't have to manage them. The software is managing the drivers 100%. One of the things we haven't mentioned, uh, I guess, up to this point, but aside from just the customer app and the customer website, um, the driver app is also in the iOS and Google Play Store, right? So we have a separate app that's managing the driver workflow as well. It's telling them how many orders are in the kitchen. It's telling them what the demand is, how many people we're needing. And, and the software can actually ping people in in real time. So that doesn't right. take any of us doing that. It's managing mm. that all the time. Very cool. Um, what is kind of the, the training process? Like, so you're bringing a new driver on and, you know, having that extension to front of house, of course, you're not just going to like let them pick up food and not really talk to them or, or have them have any idea who you are. Um, what is that? Do you have a training pro process or, or what is that like for, for bringing on new drivers? Yeah, absolutely. The drivers are an extension of our customer experience team. So logistics falls under customer experience at cluster truck, our director of customer experience and our logistics manager, they own that process. But yes, we certainly have a, we have like the, the background process the drivers go through, which is like yeah. the, you know, the admin side of that. But then they also go through a tailored training process that we have at Cluster Truck, just to introduce them to what the brand is yep. and uh, help them understand what we're hoping to achieve here. But it's generally, it's a good gig for drivers. And from the very beginning, this was part of the idea was create, take this, this job that's one of the worst ones in the gig economy and make it something that's a, a livable wage and it's reasonable, you know, for us, the 
the driver experience at cluster truck is very different. Our drivers are getting four to five orders per hour. Competitors are offering them one to two orders per hour. Our service is all curbside. So our drivers never have to leave their vehicles. That has enabled us to offer this position to a lot of single parents who have their child in the back seat, or maybe people who are veterans, maybe even people who are disabled and can't walk. Like this has allowed us to offer this opportunity to a wide range of people that our competitors just can't compete with because we offer curbside and our drivers never have to leave your vehicle. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine how many hours that adds probably up to in a week. Just thinking you guys are in Indy. I'm here in New York. Just thinking about like having to find parking to go in and pick the order up if there's no drive through window. Um, I mean, that, that probably eats into just not only your productivity, but like eventually just what you're taking home at the end of the day, because Mm -hmm. you're spending so much time getting in and out of your car. Yeah. And for us, everything is based on timing, right? So um, once the driver leaves the kitchen, once they get to the customer's location, we have a maximum of seven minutes, right? And after wow. seven minutes, your food is headed back to the kitchen. If you haven't met your driver, if mm-hmm. we have to, if we have to get new food, we'll certainly do that. We always, yeah. we always fire new food and send out new food, but everything for us is based on timing. And we have to know what a worst case scenario is for that driver to be back to the kitchen all the time. Um, because we don't start cooking food for orders until they've been assigned to a driver, right? So mm. we have to know where the drivers are all the time. Right. And then once we've established where the drivers are, we can assign orders to them and start cooking food accordingly. You know, and the kitchen is the kitchen knows. I say the kitchen knows, right? It sounds like the, <laughs> the overlord, right? But the software knows right. we have predetermined cook times for all of the items on our menu, right? So it's saying this item is seven minutes, it's going before the item with five minutes, it's going before the item that's three minutes with all those items coming together at the same time. So the expo can take the bag, hand it to a driver with our ultimate goal of getting you food that is arriving at your house within six to seven minutes of it coming off the production line. Right. So the fries are still crispy. The fries are still crispy. That's the dream. It is the dream. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Especially when it comes to uh, delivery, I guess, you know, continue on the staffing beat. What is it kind of like scheduling? Would you say it's easier to schedule for a concept like yours versus a regular, uh, you know, quicker full service restaurant because, you know, you don't have servers waiting on people and, and the drivers are probably, are they scheduled or do they kind of log in when they want to work? And it's like more like the gig economy style. Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, the first thing that I always mention to people when I get asked this question is, and, and, and this is true in my mind too, because I've dealt with a front of the house, the majority of my career. Right. And so your first thought is like, I unload this front of the house and it solves all of my problems. Right. And that's just the case, right. It does not solve all the problems. Like it solves a lot of the problems, but not all of them. We still face a lot of the same challenges that other companies have faced. And of course, Some of those were amplified by the pandemic and what was happening with the economy. Is scheduling easier? Uh, I would say moderately easier, yes, uh, because we're really just scheduling cooks, right? It's cooks. And whether you're a line cook or a prep cook, your job is still the same. It's make food, right? We've actually, we have success in finding expediters that have been people who've worked in the kitchen under our new model because they know exactly what the food is supposed to look like, right? And they're the final checkpoint before the order goes out the door you know, and making sure everything's correct and that you're going to be satisfied with the order when it arrives at your house. So yes, I'd say it's moderately easier because everyone's a cook and not having servers means we are in the kitchens. We are focused on teamwork, having a good time, making great food, satisfying customers, you know, but we're really able to drill down and and focus on quality because we don't have a lot of other distractions. Um, Drivers aren't scheduled. Um, Drivers are managed 100% by the app. 
So as a part of their driver app, they're logging in in the morning. They're saying, I'm available to work today. Once they go available, um, they pop onto our dashboard, right? And the system pings them in as we need drivers, but it's a first come first serve process. There's geo fences around our kitchen. And so it knows when drivers are in the lot and who got there first. And, um, you know, to the point where the driver arrangement works out well for us, because, you know, as a part of the 1099 contract, we're not supposed to quote unquote, manage them. And we don't, the software at cluster truck manages our driver team. Right. So they do technically still work for themselves. Um, just like with that guidance from the app. So their, their job is probably a little bit more pleasant, um, a little bit easier. They're getting more orders too. Yeah, And and that's something everyone loves. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, versus kind of waiting for something to pop up on, you know, another third-party app or, or something like that. And they can still just correct me if I'm wrong. They can still, if they want to you know, drive for cluster truck, but also pick up a couple um, orders for another third-party uh, app. Um, they can do that as well. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. We don't have any restrictions. Um, I don't suppose we even could have any restrictions if we wanted to about where our right. contractor can work. Right. Um, we of course ask that when they're on shift working for us at cluster truck, they're only working at cluster truck. That's how our driver flow works. Right. right. They have to be working for us. That's how we're managing the loop. That they're in, taking an order, coming back to the kitchen, taking an order. Um, but yes, they some of them do work for other third-party delivery services. Yeah, Uber, Grubhub, DoorDash. Talking about staffing, not every restaurant can develop their own software to manage like you guys have done, which which is incredibly impressive. But what advice would you give to you know maybe a, a multi-unit operator, a couple locations who is doing delivery, they're really succeeding with it, but they want to take it to the next level? Where's kind of like the, the main major pain point that you think you've been able to solve? What can they do to improve their delivery experience for their customers? Yeah. You know, I said this before and, and I'll say it again. Uh, just know that, you know, unloading your front of house won't solve everything. I'd continue to reiterate that, you know, we, yeah. we face a lot of the same challenges traditional operators face, no doubt, not to continue to beat the dead horse, right? But it's, it's our software. I mean, that's really what's enabled us to do this. It's the linchpin. It's allowed us, you know, I, I get the question from my peers in the industry all the time that, you know, how are you able to do a menu with 90 items, right? Yes. In, in a delivery radius of six minutes and, and make all of that work, right? And the linchpin is the software. Like without the software, we, we wouldn't be able to do this, right? It's managing all the orders. It's telling us what to make. It's telling us what order to make the items in, you know, and, and we're constantly looking at innovations into the future and like, what could the pos- the software possibly do in the future? Right. I mean, right. today at this point, like we're, we're pushing the button on the oven, right. And, and, <laughs> and our COO and, and all of us were like, could the computer press the button? Right. That's like the right. next thing. Right. Our, our CEO loves to talk about Flippy and, and flipping the burgers, right? And in, in, in our model, right, what we've uncovered is we don't flip burgers anymore, right? How do we cook a good burger, sear it on both sides and not flip it, right? And not have right. to have a flat top that we flip it on. And that's what we believe we've uncovered. Um, so we're making burgers and, and not flipping them. We've been kind of on this journey at Cluster Truck now for, for nearly seven years. And we've used our kitchens as our laboratories where we're testing the software. We're learning as much as we can about how to grow this business and better define this model. And we're moving into a phase at Cluster Truck where we would actually like to partner with some like-minded individuals to potentially franchise the Cluster Truck model if, if there yep. are people out there interested in taking on ownership. So that, that's the model we're heading on toward now. And we're, we're excited about partnering with people who, who want to take this on and who want to help us grow this company. Yeah, this is the first time you've been talking about franchising. Is that correct? 
Yeah, this is this is a very new thing for us. We are we're really just getting off the ground, but we believe we we've spent six years figuring this out, almost seven now, you know, and we have a lot of learnings under our belt that we can transfer to another individual or company and help them be successful, you know, and we're we're ready to start speaking to people about that now. One thing I do want to touch on as well is the size of the menu, right? And you mentioned like, you know, the software helps, of course, but I guess from a menu engineering standpoint, how are you able to offer so many items like from a prep standpoint? Um, you know, you're doing things across cuisines, pizza, sushi, nachos, burgers, um, you know, which are very different preparations from a food cost standpoint as well. I think a lot of people are probably wondering if that the food cost must be through the roof if they're offering that many items. How are you able to keep that down and how are you able to do that efficiently? Yeah, these are it's it's interesting. These are all questions that come up all the time, right? Because restaurant people, I mean, this is the huge unlock. They're like, if we and it, and I would also say, if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? So I'll start, I'll start by saying it's not easy. But if you were to look at our menu and look at the offerings that we have, we we take advantage of cross utilizing ingredients. So yeah. there might be items on our menu in our kitchens that, you know, we're only selling 25 of that entree a week, right? But as long as we're able to utilize all of the ingredients in that yeah. entree somewhere else on the menu, right, that becomes uh, less of a problem, right? Thinking about other concepts I've worked in before, using Chipotle as an example, where we have sure. very few ingredients and we prep a lot of those things, right? Um, at Cluster Truck, we prep a little bit of a lot of things. Yeah. It's, it's certainly challenging, uh, but we have figured it out. And it really comes down to knowing your PMIX, how much you're selling. You know, and once again, we have this internal software that's telling us how many burgers you sell a day. It's managing all of that. You know, and yeah. we're, we're getting to the point now where we're drilling down into modifiers so we can see exactly how many quarts of ranch we're using every week in these kitchens. And, and like most restaurants, uh, we try to pretend like they're not that predictable. And at the end of the day, they kind of are, right? We have mm. a lot of trends. And and of course, um, we have access to more data than anyone. We know what right. your favorite things are. We know how often you order. We know what you like to eat and what you like to eat on what day and where, you know, how long it takes to get to your house. We know all of those things, right? So right. It, it enables us to prep only what we need and and still achieve those margins. That kind of brought up another, you know, question for me as well. Owning your own data, that's such a big part of doing delivery directly and not using a third party. So whether you're doing it through your proprietary software there, um, or if you're a restaurant who's using, you know, like a chow now or a bento box or a toast to kind of do your own direct delivery, you're getting that data. So how are you then leveraging that in your marketing efforts? So you saying like, hey, you ordered a burger last Friday, how about doing it again this Friday? Um, are, are you that granular with it or, or are you getting there? We are not that granular yet, but uh, we, we will get there, right? Yeah. What we, you know, we have a lot of customer campaigns, I would say, or what we leverage most, right? So if, so if it's been a number of weeks since you've ordered from cluster truck, right? There's like, there's automated engagement coming to you saying, Hey, it's been a minute since you've ordered. We'd, we'd love to have you back. And it's amazing how many people res- reply to those campaigns and, and tell us reasons they haven't ordered um, wow. and we're able to get, generate more data that way. Or, or it just re-engages people. People reactivate after that and they order yeah. again. That campaign, specifically the Winback campaign, kind of is on like a six-week cycle. So we're engaging okay, customers cool. that way. Um, a lot of e- automated email campaigns mostly right now. Um, I think those things are certainly out there in the future. Most of those um, marketing efforts that come outside of that would be generated by my team, right? And we're recognizing trends across the kitchen. We're saying, hey, this item isn't selling well before we decide to make 
a decision and remove it from the menu. Can mm. we with marketing? Can we get some posts on social? Can we get some email campaigns sent out to see if we can generate some sales before we make a decision? Right. We try to be mindful of what is on our menu and what changes we make because we know that there are items out there that cause people to order, right? If you can get this, it now means I will order for my family. So we're right. very mindful of that and what's on the menu. And when we look at those items and might we change the menu, it's, is this item something that's popping up on these certain people's orders every time that's what's causing them to order? You know, we would hate to take someone's favorite item off the menu that now means their family no longer orders. So being really careful and just really going, digging with the data to decide how you edit the menu or change it, not going kind of based on like, oh, well, this isn't selling. We should take it off. Um, But like you said, there may be someone who exclusively orders because oh, I can get this, this, and my kid loves X dish. My last question really is just if someone's looking to open, maybe expand their business, their concept, not front of house model, like you mentioned, you know, limiting the front of house isn't going to solve all your problems, but what's the most important thing to get right? What makes our business what it is, it, it's not that much different than any other business, right? And we talk about this, this business in, in kind of two parts. There's this software as a service side of Cluster Truck, right? We're, we're a software tech company and we're also today a restaurant company. Today, yep. our kitchens are the customer of that software and of that service, right? Our kitchens experience the benefit of that. Again, I'm kind of circling back. I would say you have to know who your customers are. You have to know what your customers want. You have to know what's important to them. You know, and so when I say those things, like that's nothing earth shattering, right? I mean, what makes our business successful is no different than what makes any other business successful. We need satisfied customers that have positive experiences eating with cluster truck, you know, Um, and, and kind of, you know, bringing it full circle. That data for us is just what makes that possible, you know, and I can say for myself, um, having the really unique opportunity to join cluster truck. Um, when I did, um, you know, I was very happy doing what I was doing when I, when I first encountered the cluster truck team, but, you know, I said to myself, I may not have the chance to do something this unique with my career ever again, you know? And so I really, I was really led to explore it. And here I've found myself in this environment where I really have enjoyed the data analytics and getting into the nitty gritty. And it's allowed me to apply all this experience I have in the industry to a tech company now and learn a whole different side of the business that I didn't have that much exposure to before. Right. Um, So I guess all that to say, I've, you know, for the majority of my career been a, a normal quote unquote restaurant person, just like anybody else, you know, but now I'm doing something totally different that's really allowed me to grow myself and learn a lot of new skills um, that, that are really exciting for me. Um, but know who your customers are, know what they want, you know, define your goals. For us at Cluster Truck, it's certainly about knowing who we are and knowing who we're not, you know, and, yep. and what, are we, what are we out to achieve? Um, you know, and right now it's, we're, we're going to get you great delivery food to your house, fresh, hot, and as fast as possible. You know, that's what we're all about. And that's kind of what drives every decision. I guess at the end, that's, that's kind of the core pillar of what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Charles, I think that's all the time we have for today, but, um, you know, where can people find cluster truck if they're looking to order? Yeah, absolutely. So clusterdruck.com is where our, our, our menu lives. We have an app on iOS and in the play store. So you can always download our apps. If you're interested in information on this franchising opportunity that we're now exploring, we have an email address set up that's franchise at clustertruck.com. Feel free to reach out to us there. We can get you more information, but we're, we're very much accustomed to interacting with customers and people that reach out. So that's very normal to us. So we look forward to hearing from people. Awesome. And how many locations are you across, uh, across the Indianapolis area? Uh, well, we are in eight total right now. A portion of those in Indianapolis, we have a kitchen in Ohio, and we also have a kitchen in Kansas City, Missouri. 
Awesome. Charles, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I wish I could order tonight. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Charles. Thanks again for checking out the Restaurant Growth Podcast. We're glad to have you as a listener. For more great content from Seven Shifts, check out our website and blog, sevenshifts.com slash blog. You can also hit us on all of the social media platforms at Seven Shifts. Thanks.